airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And uh, Sherry B. is over in Studio CC. And... Excuse me. Today we continue part two of what I think will be two of the most important shows that yeah. we'll do on air in the Addisons. It's exposing the agenda. It is sort of the after the ball for public schools. Mm. It is a clear <laughs> plan of, um, I would say, sexually indoctrinating our children and doing this slowly and consistently all across this country. Yeah. And in fact, one of the things that we alluded to yesterday is that there's not a state that is safe. Uh, Texas um, took a hit in Austin. Yeah. When the Austin Independent School District uh, received and adopted um, comprehensive sexual education and against the will of the parents, mm-hmm. against the desire of the parents. The parents showed up. And, and they spoke out. Ignored. And really. they were ignored. And so anyway, you know, one of the things that we commonly hear is, uh, you know, well, that's Austin, you right. know, and insert any liberal city. Right. That's Austin. So right. we don't have to worry about that. You know, so you just well, they just you know, that's what they get kind of a thing. Well, I don't really take that approach. Um, I think of the families who are hurting. I think of the families who are devastated, who live in Austin. Those are real lives. Those are real children. And as a Christian, I'm thinking of the Christian parents. I'm thinking of the Christian mom who leads worship at her church, who reached out to me via social media this morning saying, hey, I'm in Austin. I've got kids in Austin ISD. And uh, I didn't know this was happening. Can Mm. you send me links? Mm. And so these are the people that I'm thinking about. I don't know their faces. I I mean, I, I... met her via social media, but even before then, I'm thinking, yeah, they're believers in Austin. Yeah, yeah, they're oh, Christian yeah. families Definitely. who are affected by this. And so one of the things you commonly hear is that, oh, you know, this is not going to happen in the smaller towns. This is not going to happen in my backyard because all of our teachers are Christian. Mm-hmm. And so as if the teachers are making the decisions about what kind of sex ed gets into the schools. And praise God for those teachers. Praise you God know? for those teachers. This is not a knock against the teachers. Oh, yeah. But so often we hear that and... um we learned in the state of Mississippi that it doesn't matter how conservative your state is, uh, the enemy is wicked, and he's trying to infiltrate wherever he can. And uh, joining us right now to talk about that is Rob Chambers, who's the vice president of AFA Action. And, um, you know, Rob, you were sniffing this out yeah, a few absolutely. years ago. <laughs> yeah, I was. It was, trying to, it was trying to come near, uh, near our dwelling and, and talk about that a little bit because in, in a conservative state like Mississippi, though, you still have some radicals sure. who want to indoctrinate our children sexually. Absolutely. Well, you know, one thing is, is post Obergefell, you've seen uh, a host of these, uh, these states pushing uh, sex ed. So you would think in a state like Mississippi, you have a Republican governor, a lieutenant governor, uh, Speaker of the House, you would think that something like this would not get any traction, but in fact it did. There was a bill introduced in the state legislature, and, and it basically removed the prohibition on condom demonstration in public schools. Mm. You know, so really, so here in the state of Mississippi, uh, the bill actually advanced out of committee, 
And then, uh, and and thankfully, we we um, I found out about it tracking legislation, and so basically alerted our our uh, grassroots uh, network in the state of Mississippi. We're mm-hmm. active in all states yeah. uh, in in the United States, but it alerted our our base and basically sent email alerts, call alerts, and urging their senator. First of all. Uh, alerting them that this bill was it was actually moving forward in the mm-hmm. process, and then and and urge them to to vote against this, and uh, that we did not need basically Planned plan, plan Parenthood style sex ed in right. the state right. of Mississippi. That's right. That's right. You know, and I think one of the things that's really uh, astounding to a lot of people, especially if you're politically active, because you think that this tends to only come from liberal Democrats, but what we are realizing is that there are people who are Republicans who think that they can kind of hide behind being a Republican, but they are a part of pushing radical sex ed um, all across this country. Well, they are. And I think, uh, you know, I think what's happening, too, is is not only you have what, what might you could call rhinos, uh, but also, you know, there are states that are just addicted to the federal dollar and they mm. want these federal grants and they mm. will do whatever they can to to align their uh, state statute in order to 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 uh, qualify for a for a federal grant. Mm-hmm. And I think that could have been the, the case with this particular piece of legislation. I'll tell you what we need. We need activist organizations. We need ground roots organization or grassroots organizations like Texas Values, like yeah. AFA Action, like the American Family Association. But we also need elected individuals who fear God, who understand what's going on, and who are going to represent the people who elect them. And I want to turn our attention now to Mississippi State Senator Angela Hill who is watching what's happening in the state of Mississippi and who cares about children, who is a former biology teacher. Look at that. Who, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who understands probably better than most of us that a lot of what we see now creeping into sex ed uh, just does not make any biological sense. Uh, Senator Hill, thank you so much for joining us today. Very glad to join you today. So as you look out across the landscape, and it's not just happening in the state of Mississippi, I mean, clearly, you know, the country is all mourning with Austin. I mean, I, and I think it's the right thing for us to do. It's, for, you know, to, to look at this city and to mourn. Um, but this is happening all across our country. And, and there's always this sort of circling of the wagons where these radical liberals come back because what they're trying to do is to indoctrinate and fundamentally change this country, erode the moral fabric of this country. Uh, talk about your experience with watching radical sexual education, and just the lies that are told about human biology when we talk about sex ed? Well, you know, when you, when you look at, you know, a bill that was pending in the state of Mississippi, um, what's on the surface or, or how something is described is, is not nearly what it usually is. Mm. And you have to look around and see who is supporting the bill, um, who's funding the supporters, um, who else those people who have funded those supporters have donated to. And that's kind of the background that we looked at with, with this bill in Mississippi. We, we, we first learned that the, the grants were coming out of the Obama administration, Kathleen Sebelius, HHS, mm-hmm. um, Personal Responsibility Education Grants. And we know that Kathleen Sebelius press release um, gave a nod to the, to the LGBT community when she issued the press release. And we looked and we found out that the human rights campaign was, was um, you know, quietly behind this bill as well, and, and once the bill died, you know, they, they issued some kind of press release that was, you know, um, slamming Mississippi for killing this bill. So, you know, if the human rights campaign is is for this, if if the same people who are donating to to the lobbyists and, and the groups that are, that are funding this bill, if the same people are donating to Shout Your Abortion mm-hmm. and to all these um, groups that 
you know, want to remove parental consent for abortion and, and basically want, you know, children to be able to be, um, you know, sexual free beings as minors and, and not have any um, oversight from their parents. When you see all these people coming together, pushing something, um, you know it can't be good That's for the right. children in the state of Mississippi. That's right. It becomes a dead giveaway. You know, I can't help but, um, you know, double back to something that you pointed out. I mean, it seems as if our kids' uh, innocence has a dollar value on it. It seems that it could really kind of go to the highest bidder, the person who is willing to pay the most, and it seems that sexual radicals are willing to pay top dollar for the innocence of our children. And, you know, I think one of the other things that is important for us to mention, that it's not just in the area of sexual education, because as I've combed through this, uh, at least the sixth, fifth and sixth grade curriculum from Austin, and I'm going to talk about that later in the show, but as I've combed through it, one of the things that I see is that the indoctrination is radical, is that it's fundamentally changing the way kids think about human sexuality. So, for example, what it appears to me is that they are erasing girls but making girls complicit in it. So you change the way girls think about biology, change the way they think about what it is to be a girl, and they don't even know that they're being erased. For example, in the area of sports. So we will no longer have female athletics. I mean, can, can you talk about that a little bit, Senator Hill? Well, you know, that is, you're seeing these um, trans athletes dominate women's sports. You're seeing it, all, all these press releases, all these awards um, going to these trans athletes competing in, in women's sports. And, you know, women are no longer going to, there's, there's going to be really no reason for women to have women's sports if we're going to have these biological males coming in and, and dominating women's sports. Um, it's just ridiculous. Um, that that anybody with any kind of good sense would think that this is fair or that it's right. Um, you know, where are the people who are standing up for women's rights mm-hmm. um, in sports? Women work hard. Women are different than men. We're biologically different, Come and I'm on. thankful that we're different. Amen, um, right. <laughs> and, and, you know, I'm, I'm looking at protecting these women from this unfair competition from these biological males coming and dominating women's sports. Because if we don't do something to preempt it in the state of Mississippi, it's going to be here. And and as a senator, um, and I'm a per, just a regular person, I'm listening to this, mm-hmm. what can I do to uh, make sure I'm, I'm up to date on this type of stuff? Like, and, what, and when I find out something, uh, what should I do to take action? Well, you need to, you need to watch what's going on, not just in you know, your, your higher-level um, collegiate and, um, you know, higher-level sports, you need to look at what happened, what's happening in high school sports because mm-hmm. it's starting to happen in high school sports across the country. Um, and, and you need to talk to whomever your legislator or whomever your governor or whomever your elected official is um, if, if you see this beginning to happen. And you need to stop and say, look, do you think this is fair that this biological male is coming in here and is going to basically negate all the work and all the training and, and all the dedication that these female athletes have put into this their entire lives to have somebody come in that's a biological male and dominate these sports and keep them from, from being able to have the, the, the accolades and, and the wins that, that they would otherwise have had, had not a biological male come into this arena to decide he was going to compete in the female sports. You know, I feel like, Senator Hill, just to kind of paint a picture, and, and, and maybe you can, you know, I don't know, comfort me in this, but I feel like for parents in the United States of America, those of us who are active, those of us who are watching and can see what's going on, 
I feel like we are standing in front of cracks in the Hoover. And I feel like we're, we're trying to stop this flood, but it, but it is a flood that is coming. It yeah. is something that, and you know, it, it go ahead. Fast. It's yeah. coming fast. That's right. So my, my question is this, as we kind of move down the line and, and we look at, we're, we're trying to hold this off. We're trying to stay this activity. Um, what would be your encouragement to parents who begin to see this even at the high school level? Say there's a, a, well, a go ahead. I think, I think, First of all, you know, the, the um, governing bodies for, for these high school sports, um, they should be put on notice that this is not going to happen. And, you know, preemptive legislation can be put in place um, to stop this from happening. Um, but, you know, whomever decides that they're going to put this, try to put this preemptive legislation in place, you know, you're going to have, uh, you know, all these, these um, you know, groups coming out of the woodwork and saying you're a hater or whatever. <laughs> But, you know, you're going to have to be able to stand up to this and say, look, I'm standing up for these female athletes because they are being unfairly, um, you know, cheated out of being at the top of their sport. And we're going to stand up for these women. Okay. And, and, you know, I'm willing to do it. This is good. Okay, so this is, you know, right, Rob? Rob knows I, I like fighters, right? This is what we want. We want people who are like, <laughs> come on over here. Let's talk about this, okay? So then here is my question. So for people who are listening all across the country, is this the type of wording that they want to use when they address their representatives and they address their state senators? They want preemptive legislation. Is, is that what they should be suggesting? They, they, if, they, should, they should be asking for preemptive legislation. And if it's already happening in their state or in their school district, then there needs to be something, then there needs to be a cure. There still needs to be some legislation. There still needs to be some rule changes that say that biological men are not going to compete in women's sports. This is excellent. I I really do appreciate your time, Senator Hill. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you you for the work that you're doing in the state of Mississippi, and and thank you so much for what you're doing for for women and, and for girls. Um, look, I'll just say this, Will, you know, <laughs> I I like hearing that there are some solutions, some things that we can do before the Hoover breaks. That's right. Right. I like hearing because what we are watching is we are watching this. The cracks continue to kind of like manifest. Right. right. Where we can see the onslaught of a humanist society coming for us and coming for our children. Yeah. But I think any well-meaning parent who's who's <laughs> worth their existence no matter what or where the onslaught is coming from, you stand in front of your children. Yeah. Yeah. You don't put your children out in front of that and say, oh, That's my right. goodness, the Hoover's breaking. Children, <laughs> y'all stand here. No, we get in front of them. And that's exactly what we should be trying to do on as many fronts as we can do it. Amen. All right. Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We'll take the break and we'll be right back. Charles is feeling coy. Others are thrilled with the look, but Charles is quite unhappy. 
Let's try this again. Yeah, this is snappy. Some are confused. They just don't understand. Charles now Charlotte is certain. Ariana's her biggest fan. Some might keep their distance, but others will come around. Come on over, Darla. Show us what you found. Darla had something on, but is not quite convinced. She wants to try again, yet she still gives a wince. Nope, not right either. Why can't she decide? Sometimes it takes time, only she can find her stride. Darla presents an outfit. The new name is Darren. Now everything feels right. The person within he's sharing. Welcome back to Aaron Lee Addison's on American Family Radio. We're not going to stop talking about it. We're not going mm. to uh, stop exposing it. Ephesians chapter 5 teaches us to not have anything to do with the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but rather to expose those things, and that's what we're doing over Amen. the course of the last two days. Uh, we're taking our time and working our way through, as an example, the received and adopted sexual education curriculum for Austin Independent Schools. And that song was a part of... That song <laughs> is one of the videos. So you understand, and, and teachers will understand this better than anyone, and because I am a home educator, you understand that you have a lesson plan where you have all of your subjects that you're going to go through, and then you have the su suggested resources right. to couple with whatever you're teaching. So right. that video is uh, in the section. This is for sixth grade. Now, I want, as you heard our guest uh, yesterday... Jonathan Sines of Texas Values, mm -hmm. talking about you've got over 1,100 some odd pages of this because it's an overhauled curriculum for grades three through eight, mm -hmm. okay? Three through eight. Now, listen, what I want to expose to you today is the sort of playbook that I believe is expressed in this curriculum. Mm -hmm. So I don't so much want to focus, although this is Austin's right now. What I'm, I'm, I'm in Austin's refrigerator. Yeah. All right. This is right. Austin's mailbox. And I don't mind going through their mail because we need to expose this. OK, I don't want so much to focus on Austin, though. What I want to do is I want to think, um, you know, Madsen and Kirk after the ball. I want you mm. to think, you know, the playbook for how our children will be mentally wrestled away from us and become our enemies in real time. Man. That's what I want you to think. Yeah. I want you to think this is this is after the ball sex ed edition. Mm. All right. This is the playbook. OK. And so as I go through, this is for sixth grade. So you can imagine that it gets worse from here. But also imagine that as young as third grade, we are starting to see our kids minds molested. Mm -hmm. And I'm using strong language because this is strong. Mm -hmm. All right. This is serious. This is not something that we should be treating lightly. So as I comb through this curriculum, uh, this is the sixth grade identity one. You, 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 you're talking about identity. And one of the suggested videos is that animated short that you heard a portion of. It's about three minutes and some change. And you hear a portion of it, but in it, it starts out where the kids can all understand what is happening. Hey, you might not want to. Some girls wear pants. Well, that's true. Mm -hmm. Some girls do wear pants. Right. right. But then the video continues on, and then it is, oh, wait, and also some boys are girls. No, that's not true. Right. And then, and then the video continues on, and, and some girls are boys. Mm -hmm. And then there are names that need to be changed. And because there is one consistent message, what you also, if you go, and by the way, let me draw your attention to AFR.net. I hope that you will uh, download the AFR app. We put the links to our shows in the show notes because we want you to investigate and see these things for yourselves. Right. We want you to, to be privy to the information that we have. Uh, it's powerful to be able to see and to know what the enemy is doing right under our noses. 
And so we put links into our show notes or in our show notes so that you can go and access that and look at it yourself. This video that we played a portion of, it's in the show notes. Mm -hmm. So if you want to see it, and, and also if, you, if you're on social media, I shared it on my Facebook page. You can go and find it there. Um, this is not accidental. Oh, this, no. this is, this is a, a collaborative oh, effort yeah. Yeah. by people who hate God That's right. and they despise his authority yeah. and they are working 24-7 to wrestle your kids away from that authority. Yeah, and the thing is, it, this type of stuff has been in the works for a long, long That's time. That's right. But now it's almost like the culture is ripe, so it's manifesting in, in ways that is more overt. But there have been people long time ago with the same mindset that wanted to do this type of thing uh, within America, Come you on. know, and to take those grabs and those reaches That's for the exactly children. Right. And now they're here. Yeah. The time is ripe. And so they're not wasting this opportunity, yeah. if you will. So let's do this. Um, let's let's work our way through sixth grade sex ed okay. um, uh, <laughs> after the ball style. Mm. All right. So in one of the sections on identity, as I as I as I mentioned before, uh, one of the objectives is this differentiate between gender identity, gender expression and sexual orientation. Communicate respectfully about and with people of all gender identities, gender expressions and sexual orientations. Recognize injustices and plan ways to denounce inequality. <laughs> so if you're keeping up, I'm revealing to you the playbook. This is where activists want our children to be. They want them to be fully trained and they want them not only as allies, but they want them as fellow activists. That's right. So your 10 year old, your 11 year old, right? They want your 10 and 11 year old to have a plan to denounce inequality, sexual inequality. All right. This section under stereotypes, what is a stereotype? What is a stereotype? And in this section, I wrote, I, I wrote notes as I was going through this curriculum, highlighting and writing notes and just really trying to get to the bottom. And, and so I, I, I noticed that what they do here in this section um, is that they erase girls, but they make girls complicit in it. They make girls erase girls, right? So you divide the group into, into you divide the classroom into groups. And let me read to you, because this is what the teachers have and this is what those who are teaching sex ed, um, this is what they would do. Divide students into groups of four or five. Ask students to use the markers and poster boards to create a list of stereotypes related to gender identity. Prompt students by asking, what are some assumptions and expectations about boys and girls? For example, things they can and cannot do. And then they give you a suggested example as the instructor. Girls cannot play sports. <laughs> so then, you know what happens? Mm. The kids say, well, that's not true. Mm. Girls can play sports. But here's the next suggested uh, illustration. Boys cannot wear dresses. Mm. Man, this is wicked. Do you under I, I'm, I'm, you I'm trying, trying to, to open the playbook for you yeah. so that you see what they are wanting to do to our children. This is look, I'm I, <laughs> I'm not sensationalizing this. I'm reading the information for you right here. I, I don't right. have time to write this myself. So they'll say girls cannot play sports. And, yeah. and you know the, the uh, response to that would be like, that's not true. But then they'll turn around and say, when boys cannot wear dresses, they're kind of eroding that, you know, that standard. It's a subtle wickedness. Yeah. It's a subtle yeah. wickedness. And then also imagine now the children have been divided into groups. 
Mm. So even if you've got a person like mm. I think of, I think of our Gabby. Mm-hmm. All right. And, and if our Gabby is presented with this, OK, girls cannot play sports. She would say, of course, girls can play sports. I mean, she's right. athletic. Right? right. She loves to run like she would say, of course, girls can play sports. But then they say, and boys cannot wear dresses. Now, I think my Gabby would say, um, no, boys don't wear dresses. Mm-hmm. But can you imagine the peer pressure? Can you imagine the the looks? Mm-hmm. The expectation is that if girls can play not sports, being, yes, then, then why boys, boys wear, can wear dresses. Man. So it continues on. After the brainstorming session, ask groups to present their brainstorm. So now they've got to present it to the, to the class. To Everybody. The, this wow. Is, this is public shaming if you don't agree. And it's peer pressure. It's, it's peer like peer pressure. And you're talking about 10 and 11 year olds. Man. 10 and 11 year olds. Ask students to reflect on how these stereotypes are limiting, harmful, and untrue. So you already told the students that, you know, about stereotypes and to be a defender of those that would That's pose right. inequality That's or whatever. Right. So then you're going to, if they have an objection, they say, I don't believe that boys wear dresses. They got to say all of that in front of the. They have to say that in their group and then present it to the class. But here's the thing. They have already been told that these stereotypes are harmful. Right. They hurt other people and they're man. harmful. Wow. So do you understand what kind of Iron Man has to be in that class? They got to be some warriors come in there. Come on, man. <laughs> Who? You've got, look, adults, come on, come you got to be guys. some warriors in there. And we got to come to the um, conclusion, are our kids even Are they ready to for do that? that? Yeah. Look, Will, if yeah. we're being honest, there Man. are adults who are not even ready for You're that. Right. You're right. There are adults who are getting some training on their jobs right now, and they cannot say mm. anything because of fear. They, I, what, what kind of retribution? Mm. I don't know what people will say. So you're going to tell me you're going to put your 10, 11-year-old in a situation like that? So let's continue. This is the same section. Teachers notes, what is a stereotype? And this is what the activity involves for this this particular session. Once every group has presented, explain how many of the stereotypes that are brainstormed are examples of different types of discrimination. Mm, Man. (laughs) Okay. 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 Once every group has presented, Mm -hmm. explain how many of the stereotypes that are brainstormed are examples of different types of discrimination related to gender identity and expression. So our kids will never even suspect that they have been re-indoctrinated, right? They will believe, now think about this is 10 and 11-year-olds, right? So they will believe that, man, if I don't want to be harmful, if I don't, you know, I, I've, I've got to change the way I think about this. Now, here we go, another section. Um, this, again, under the category, what is a stereotype? What is a stereotype? Now, when, when I was growing up, a stereotype was an exaggerated presentation of people's like social and ethnic quirks, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Right. It had nothing to really do with like sexuality. It was right. like, you know. White men can't jump. Black men, you yeah. know, that type. Yeah. You know Stuff what I like mean? That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Black women take out their earrings before they fight. Yeah. That's yeah. a setup. Black women don't fight, Will. Why are you agreeing <laughs> with that? Why are you agreeing with that? I can't believe it. Anyways, here we go. All right. So, so here we go. Stereotypes. Elaborate on the concept. <laughs> elaborate on the concept of a gender spectrum, mm. and that the separation of gender and sex, um, and and I'm sorry, elaborate on the concept of gender spectrum and the separation of gender and sex by introducing the everybody infographic. Have a different student read aloud each category to the class for this lesson. Focus on the categories dealing with biological sex and gender. 
rather than sexual orientation. And don't worry, folks, I got that section coming up for you later. So uh, uh, just There's, again, this is 10 and 11 year old. 10, this, is, this is this is sixth grade, sixth fifth, grade. fifth and fifth sixth grade, fifth and sixth Man. grade. Wow. All right. So for this lesson, focus on the categories dealing with biological sex and gender rather than sexual orientation, as this section will be addressed more thoroughly in the sexual orientation lesson for 10 and 11 year olds, the sexual orientation lesson. Lord, give us grace to get through as much of this as we can today. All right, here we go. Under this section, gender identity, that is boy, girl, non-binary. Gender identity is the gender we consider ourselves to be. Many people consider themselves to be boys or girls, while non-binary people do not think of themselves as either a boy or a girl. Reinforce, reinforce that this is okay to identify as a boy, a girl, or non-binary, and that people of all genders should be treated with respect. People of all genders should be treated with respect. One of these sections deals with assumptions, assumptions. Fifth and sixth graders are taught never to assume. Assumptions can feel normal or harmless. Assumptions can hurt people by making them feel left out and abnormal. <laughs> so in other words, there is no normalcy. There's no such thing as normal. People can be whatever they want to be, do whatever they want to do, like whoever they want to like, because there is no such thing as normal. And I want you to understand that this is the playbook. This is the ideal that wants to be the national ideal. Mm. And so you as the parent, you will just have to die out. Like if we cannot convert you, if we cannot win you, Sound like Hitler. you will just have to die out because we will have your children. Mm. So we will create the type of country that we want to live in. And as I suggested strongly yesterday, we don't even have to reproduce. We don't even have to reproduce. Here's one of the activities in this section on identity and, and, and sexual stereotypes and harmful stereotypes and all that. So here's a worksheet. The worksheet, the worksheet is a harmful stereotypes. Person one will complete the first two questions without writing their name and then pass their answers to the front of the class. Person two will complete the last two questions responding to person one's answers. Here's one of the, the scenarios or one of the answers that person one has to respond to. Here we go. Brainstorm a time in which you felt hurt by someone who treated you unfairly based on a stereotype related to your gender. Mm. All right. Brainstorm a time when you felt hurt by someone who treated you unfairly based on a stereotype related to your gender. But wait, there's more. You ready? If you can't think of a personal one, think of something you saw on TV or in a oh, movie. Come on, man. <laughs> come on, man. Like, so, really? So in other words, so in other words, if you have not been directly harmed by gender stereotypes, <laughs> please something. share with us times where you have seen it happen. <laughs> on TV. Now, you know what this you know what this banks on? This banks on media doing its job. This and banks it on is entertainment. doing its job because you see the homosexual agenda Come all on. throughout the media and television shows and everything. So you a kid will see that. So now <laughs> under the section as we move through this curriculum, as we oh, continue boy. to go Wickedness, through Wickedness. This man. is wicked. Wickedness. But what I want to do for you today, this is after the ball. Man. This is after the ball. This, this you cannot just as you would have you you were deceiving yourself in the 90s to think that that was just a little book mm. you know what i mean that now you got to pay like a thousand dollars to get or something like that is out of print because we succeeded i mean mm. you know 
Come on. Madsen yeah, and Kirk crazy. don't need it anymore. They succeeded. So anyway, but this is after the ball for our kids right wow. here. Wow. When we come back, I'm going to move to the section on sexuality, looking at scenarios, the objectives and the goals of teaching sexuality. <laughs> mm, mm. Human sexuality to our kids. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm just going to jump right back into it. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. That's Mission Not a Day Late. Cherry B is over in Studio CC. I, I regret to inform you that today we're not going to take calls. I want to get through as much of this as I can. And, uh, and I'm, already, I'm already eating into the time. So I want to get you as much information because what I'm attempting to do is reveal what Austin's newly adopted sex ed curriculum reveals to us about the leftist playbook on sexuality mm-hmm. and how they want to radically sexualize our children. This is after the ball for sex ed, if you will. I mean, uh, Madsen and Kirk would be, would be so proud. Um, under the, under the, the heading scenarios and sexuality, uh, the teachers are to teach this, okay? Homeof- homophobia and other forms of discrimination keep happening when they are not challenged. Homophobia and other forms of discrimination keep happening when they are not challenged. This is for sixth grade, okay? Challenging things together is easier and makes more of a difference. Small challenges can make a big difference in the long term if everyone participates. Wow. So they're making allies. Then they have what is called a heart moment, a heart moment where you get a heart. Challenging homophobia. And the question is this. What are some ways you can challenge homophobia in your everyday life? What are some ways that you can challenge homophobia <laughs> in your everyday life? I bet some of you have some parents who are homophobes. I, come, bet, I bet some of you go to churches. Come, <laughs> come here, Tasha. Come here. Man. I bet. Have you ever encountered anyone who's a homophobe? Well, Miss Wilson, what's a homophobe? It's someone who is afraid of people who are not like them, who are uh, attracted to people of the same sex. Uh, you may have heard words like homosexuals. Have you ever heard any negative talk about homosexuals, maybe around people? Well, um, my mom said it's wrong. <laughs> well, you have this week's assignment, Tasha. Mm-hmm. Challenge homophobia. Challenge. Now, a- exaggeration for effect. Right. But this so is the aim. That's basically what they're saying. This is the aim. The aim yeah. is to make allies and to turn your children against you if you would teach the truth. And so, and there's no room for a, a biblical church, biblical parenting. No. In, in any of this. It, no. It, it is to be challenged. Now, under the, the heading sexuality, gender and sexuality, uh, it's time to play a game, kids. This is because this is sixth grade. <laughs> all right. Goodness. It's time to play a game. Uh, First game we're going to play, everybody, is the gender match game. The gender match game. Tommy, come and hand these papers out for us, please. Okay, and here we go. And now you've received your paper. Take a look at it. You're going to match each term to its correct definition by drawing a line. Everybody get your pencils out, number twos. Here we go. Match every term to its correct definition. So what you have now in hand is a paper that has... Uh, numbered one through eight down one side. It's two columns, and then numbered one through eight on the other side. 
Here's a list of the terms numbered one through eight on the left side column. Here mm-hmm. we go. You ready? Gender identity, transgender, cisgender, gender expression, pronouns, biological sex, transphobia, non-binary. This, and this is a gender match game that 10 and 11-year-olds will participate in. This is the sex ed curriculum, all right? This is the playbook. So then you've got that down one column, and then down the other side, you've got numbers one through eight, where they define these terms, and the kids are supposed to draw a line, right? Mm. So, for example, number seven, transphobia, I draw my line to the number one, the number one on the right-hand side, and this is the definition. Being mean to (laughs) or fearing someone whose gender identity does not match up with the sex that was given to them at birth. Mm. All right, uh, number six, biological sex. Biological sex. So I draw my line down to number eight to match it with its definition. The male, female, or intersex label given to a person when they're born based on what their bodies and genitals look like. But they don't stop there. Many people think this is the same thing as gender, but it's not. That's the gender match game. I could continue going through. Pronouns, gender expression, cisgender. I can't imagine having a class like this at 10 10 and 11 years. 10 and 11, all right? (laughs) Like what? But now let's move on because this is where you go, really? So now the sexuality match game, (laughs) it's tomorrow. Let's play a different game. Here we go. The game for today, sexuality match game. So you've got one through seven down the left-hand side and then one through seven down the right-hand side. One through seven on the left is a list of terms. Here are the terms. Homophobia, straight, bisexual, pansexual, gay, lesbian, sexual orientation, asexual, asexual. So number one, homophobia is matched with number three. It means being mean to or fearing someone who identifies as a lesbian or gay. I want you to, this is your fifth and sixth grade kid. And they're with their peers. Right. And this is a game. This is the sexuality match game. It's got an exclamation point at the, the sexuality match game. Yeah. Dun, yes. dun, dun. Here mm. we go. And y- your kids are playing this game. Number four, pansexual. <laughs> pansexual. It matches to the definition on the right-hand side. A person who likes people of all genders. Mm. A person who likes people of all genders. And then sexual orientation, number six, matches to number two on the right-hand side. It says, a word used to describe emotional and physical attraction towards other people. And then they put in parentheses because they recognize that they're dealing with fifth and sixth graders, Mm -hmm. i.e., who you like. (laughs) Who you like. So now that that determines your sexuality right there, your sexual orientation. Who do you like? Now, I want you to listen to this. This is, this is amazing, and this is jolting. And this is what I think really largely caused me to see this as the playbook. And it's this particular section. It says elementary six, identity, gender stereotypes and roles, and social norms. Identity, gender stereotypes and roles, and social norms. And here's the purpose. Listen very carefully. Listen very carefully. Here's the purpose. The purpose of this lesson is to instill in youth both the confidence and the appropriate language to discuss gender identity, listen, develop critical intelligence with regard to culturally inherited stereotypes. Mm. Culturally inherited stereotypes. You caught that, did you? 
<laughs> as well as to better understand how to establish harmonious relationships by preventing discrimination related to gender and sexual diversity. But wait, there's more and it's worse. Here we go. Now, this is fifth and sixth grade. This is sixth grade. Mm-hmm. So let's say 11. Youth at this age, at this age level, are likely going through physical and emotional changes which may or may not align with how they perceive their gender identity. Therefore, it is important to ensure that students have the correct language and resources to better explore these variations. Wait, what? What? (laughs) So in other words, you may be, teacher, teaching an an 11-year-old who is not sure that their biological sex is the same as their gender. So we want to make sure that you give kids 11 the resources to be able to explore this. Wow. Hmm. Do you remember how we talked about on social media? Do you remember how we talked about how kids are getting together in groups, girls yeah. in particular, and deciding yeah. that they're not? Well, you know what? They just want to speed that up. Right. They want this to happen in the classroom. Man. They want what? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Here's what they want. They want students to be aware of sexualization in public places. They want students to respect sexual diversity. And they want students to promote egalitarian relationships. In other words, no sex distinction. Mm. There is no distinction between male and female. Promote egalitarian relationships. Now listen to this. This is under the section gender inclusive language. This is to your sixth grader. This is to your 11-year-old. I hope you have a picture of your kid. If you've got young kids. Because, you know, when I was reading through this. Or grandkids. Or grandkids. Or grandkids. <laughs> when I was reading through this, I was thinking of Mariah and Gabby. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was thinking about them in a situation where they would hear this information. So listen to this. When discussing topics such as sexual identity with youth, it's important to use accessible and inclusive language, which does not reinforce the idea that heterosexuality is normal and expected or that there are only two genders. Hmm. So in other words, the starting point here is that kids must not believe that there is heteronormativity. Right. That that's not, that's not even expected. It's not even expected that you would go with God's design for human sexual. That's, right. not, that's, not, that's not the norm. There are no norms. They continue. Heterosexual and cisgender identities are often considered normal and the only identities valued in our society. Because of this, people are prone to use words that assume everyone is heterosexual and cisgender. This is to your 11-year-old, I just remind you at this point. An example of this would be assuming that female students will have a boyfriend while male students will have a girlfriend. A more inclusive approach would be instead to use the term partner, Mm. which does not assume the gender or sexual orientation of students are the people they date. What? Man, Man this is what? pure wickedness. I mean, it, it's, it, look, and I always think in the, in, in, in the mindset of we, we as being Christians. So you're trying to train up your son, daughter, you know, in a way that they should go in, in the way of the Lord. This stuff fights against what the Bible says. That's it's exactly anti-God. Right. That's exactly right. And it's radically anti-God. It's unapologetically anti-God. And, and here's the thing, they are making allies in real time and they're making enemies of the parents in real time. Right. 
So your kid comes home, and this is why this is why we've lost on so many different fronts because we have not understood mm. how subtle the enemy is. Because now, parents, you're out of touch. You're old, like that old way of thinking. That's not how we think anymore. If you were to combat this, you are the person your your kid has been told to challenge. Yeah. You see, you represent wow. the oppressor class. You're that now. person. You're, you're that person. You're Bull Connor. You're Bull Connor. <laughs> you're that person. Right. You're that person. You understand? Wow. You talk. You start talking to your kid about God's design for human sexuality. You may as well just been that person that poured coffee on them at the Woolworths counter. Mm. You see, because you're you're that person. Right. And we don't understand why there is such a gap when we try to communicate with our kids. We're trying to talk to them about, well, you know, we've got good old-fashioned traditional values. and then, <laughs> No, you need to talk to your kids from a biblical Come perspective. On. Come on. Amen. This is God's design Amen. for human sexuality. That's right. It's replete. It's all throughout the scriptures. That's right. And, and I'm going to tell you something. This is not something that you're going to do casually. You're going to have to put in as much work, if not more, than what the radical sexual activists are putting in. Mm. Because they've got nothing but time and my to thing indoctrinate is, your kids. Why does it seem like they get it and we don't? Well. As, as the Christian, well, you know, they're so adamant and they work so hard at evangelizing our children and, and <laughs> into wickedness. You know, I don't understand. When is it the light bulb going to pop off in our head and say, oh, hey, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. We're just giving them over. I'll tell you what I think it is, Will the Great. I, I, I really honestly think it is that we overestimate the reality of our children's spiritual maturation. I think that we think our kids are better equipped to handle this than they are. And I think that we kind of like thinking that we kind of like th it makes us feel better. We're kind of like, no, my, my kid is stronger than that. Because even you know? hearing this, some some may think, well, and maybe it's true, but some may think that hey, my child wouldn't answer these questions like that. They will stand up against this. But with all this pressure in the social climate and the peer pressure and all that stuff, man, it would make it very hard for that child to stand up and say, the Bible says this or, you if, know, I don't believe that. If not impossible. Yeah. If not impossible. So they've got one lesson where they show a video. The video is love is love. If you go to my Facebook page and you scroll down a little bit, I've been posting a lot. So you have to scroll just a bit to find it. You'll see the video there. Uh, it's the video love is love where these people are behind an x-ray screen. You don't know who they are. And so they're, they're underneath. They're all just the same. They're just people. But then they come out and it's same sex couples kissing. It's same sex couples adopting a son. I mean, it's, it, it is, that's what it is. So they show the video and then in this sex, section of the lesson, they divide the kids up into groups again and they get the kids to respond to some of the stereotypes that they've just seen in that video. Right. And then they give the kids these scenario cards. Mm. I have I, all of it's printed. I have them all right here. I have all the scenario cards right here. So they give the kids these scenario cards and they have the kids discuss what they should do in each of these different scenarios. One of the scenarios, and in the interest of time, I cannot read it all to you, and I wish that I could. But in the interest of time, one of the scenarios is Jenna's Aunt Mary. And basically, Jenna has talked to a school counselor about her sexual identity and who she is, but she's afraid to tell her parents. And her parents are getting ready for this family reunion, and Jenna's aunt's not coming. And Jenna asks her mom, why isn't aunt so-and-so coming? Why isn't Aunt Mary coming? And Jenna's mom's like, well, you know, Aunt Mary is a lesbian, and we don't approve of that. And so, you know, we've, we've told her that, you know, this, whatever, we don't like this. And so, you know, mm -hmm. we're not. And, and it says, let me quote here. She's living with another woman for God's sake. <laughs> I wouldn't be exposing you to that nonsense. 
She knows the family doesn't approve of her, and she just goes right ahead and does it anyway. Mm. This is the scenario. The 11-year-olds are reading this in a group, and then they are going to talk about what they should do if Man. they're Jenna. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Man. So let me tell you, I told you that we've got to master the art of raising bigots because you understand as you're reading and hearing this, mm-hmm. your kids who believe firmly what the word of God says, they are many bigots. Wow. Many bigots. Mm. I don't know if many of us signed up for this. The call to follow Christ is still the call to come and die. We're out of time. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.